0: Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self care, self love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. I'm back. Thought I would be away a bit longer, but I miss talking to my people, so I'm back. The gala is over. It was very, very successful. If you listened to my previous episode, I referred to a gala that I was working on, a fundraising gala that I was choreographing for. I have been associated with the Young People's Chorus of New York City for, oh, 17 years now. And this fundraising gala featured the young people of that organization from ages 8 to 18, and there were close to 400 of them that I choreographed for. Yes, for almost 400 kids. So anyway, that project is over, and I got a chance to take a breath and realize that I, as I said, miss talking to my people. So I'm back. Here I am. And today's riff is, What is Happiness? A Mindfulness Recipe. I think about this a lot. Happiness is defined as the state of being happy. The word happy is defined as enjoying or characterized by well-being and contentment. And I find this definition even more fitting. Happiness is an emotional state characterized by feelings of joy, satisfaction, Contentment and fulfillment. While happiness has many different definitions, it is often described as involving positive emotions and life satisfaction. Now, there are many things that can knock us off kilter a death, unemployment, poverty, debt, illness, loss of a relationship, etc. The pandemic certainly upped the ante of our unhappiness, anxiety, and stress levels. People felt even more alone and isolated, particularly in the era of shutdowns. Being cut off from family, friends, and disruption to normal routines sent people's mental health and well-being over the edge. We talked to our screens even more. But check this out. A 2018 article cites depression rates rising. And keep in mind, this is pre-pandemic. From 2005 to 2015, cases of depressive illness increased by nearly a fifth. People born after 1945 are 10 times more likely to have depression. This reflects both population growth and a proportional increase in the rate of depression among the most at-risk age. A key reason for the continuing rise in depressive illness is that drugs do not necessarily cure the patient, and other therapies that can make the crucial difference are usually not in sufficient supply, unquote. I didn't say when I quoted, but unquote. (laughs) Now... Throughout my life, I have had some serious bouts of depression. By my late 20s, it had begun to set in, and by my 30th birthday, I had a nervous breakdown. I was done. I saw no good anywhere and viewed everything through the lens of shades of gray. My life was seemingly spinning out of control, and I felt powerless. And I know if you're dealing with depression right now, you understand the feeling of powerlessness. It's, it's debilitating, it, it, it really immobilizes you. Eventually, I wanted out, I wanted off planet Earth and I almost followed through with that desire. What made me change my mind I can't specifically pinpoint the moment, but I do recall that in my misty awareness, the notion that my best friend, as well as my brother from another mother, would be out frantically looking for me. I had left the house, it was like two in the morning. So I, when I had that awareness, I kept walking straight instead of turning right and walking into the ocean that cold morning, it was during the winter. And as time went on, I began to come out of that dark place. But whenever something didn't go the way I wanted, or I was devastated by the drama in a relationship, back into depression, I would fall. And you know, for a good portion of my life, I was not happy. About anything. So while I was going through the motions and I was laughing and, you know, looking like I was happy, I wasn't. I was kind of miserable. And by the year 2000, that's when stuff fell apart again. So I do understand the ups and downs of depression and anxiety. But you know, (laughs) life transitions can get you. And um, they were a reason for me to wrap myself in the blankets of depression. The fear of change often felt unbearable, and I would cry for days on end, gorging on sweets, then curling up into a fetal position, complaining constantly that things were not what I wanted them to be, and fearful that they would never get there. So what changed? (laughs) Very simply, I did. I got tired of being scared all the time, tired of feeling anxious and miserable for most of my day, my week, my year. I learned that if I could just shift the amount of time I spent wading in the streams of despair and wallowing in my feelings, I could possibly have a different flow to my day. I learned that what happens to me is not who I am. They're just experiences, tools in which to learn from. They are a part of my story, but not my story. When I was struggling to get my balance, I would lament to my friends, but... (laughs) They could always see what I could not, that I always landed on my feet, no matter what was going on. So why couldn't I see it? Was it because I got so wrapped up in living a sob story? Was it because woe is me was a place I identified with as opposed to seeing the light that I am? You know, we can get attached to our suffering. We can make an identity out of the bad things that happen in our lives. And you know, in the beginning, for me anyway, it was really hard to shift my focus. I had programmed my mind to only see the bad stuff based on criteria that wasn't even relevant. Who says you have to have all your ducks in a row when you hit 30? And why had I based my success on that? Why was that a benchmark? Who says to be successful in a career you have to do X, Y, and Z? And if that's not happening, you aren't having any success? Who says you got to have this and that in life? And if you don't, you're a loser? Who said that? And why was I listening? Those tenets had nothing to do with my life, with my path, with my trajectory. When I began to challenge and change the narrative and perspective I had bought into, That's when my happiness quotient began to rise. So I began to ask this question. And I asked that of you. What is happiness to and for you? Hmm. You know, and I started to ask myself more. Bird, what does my happiness look like? What does my happiness feel like? How do I populate my days more with it? And I began to realize, and this is going to sound whack based on what I've already said, I began to realize that I was happy. I had lived my life the way I wanted to, gotten to do and experience some incredible things, and really have lived a charmed life. Even when things were falling apart, I lived a charmed life. I was unable to see it at the time because I was so busy looking at what wasn't working that I was oblivious to what was working. I was using a different yardstick to measure my life and got so wrapped up in that narrative that I was blind to the multitude of blessings I was in receivership of. The focus was on what hadn't manifested in the way or as fast as I wanted. So I wasn't an active participant in the groovy stuff. There was always, I'd be happy if this, that, and the other happened. Yeah, that's okay, but those were like the things I said. You know, when I when I had the opportunity to be on Broadway, it was great. But I was so busy worrying about the show closing, how much longer the run was going to be. Oh, gosh, I got to go get a job when this one closes. My focus was so much in that that I, I didn't relish fully the experience that, girl, based on all the stuff that happened to you, you made it to Broadway based on things that people would tell you never could happen, that a kid who came out of basically poverty Um, didn't start taking a ballet class until college, didn't start dancing until 15, I ended up on Broadway. People would have said, you can't do that. That's not possible. Actually, they did say that, and I didn't listen. But I wasn't looking at that at the time when I was depressed. I was looking at all of the things that could go wrong. And gratitude and appreciation were not in my mind's orbit all ask yourself what comprises a happy life for you not a textbook or a fairy tale version of happiness but what can you do to enjoy more happiness in your life as it stands right now even not having things that you want how can you create happiness in your life right now remember this definition noted earlier Happiness is an emotional state characterized by feelings of joy, satisfaction, contentment, and fulfillment. We get caught up in having stuff or the absence of having stuff. Thinking that these things will make us happy. You know, if I have a car, if I have that job promotion, if I get that husband or wife or partner or... Um, if I make X amount of money and I have X, I have six months <laughs> of money put aside in the bank for emergencies, you know, we, we, we base our happiness on those kinds of things. But what can you do to enjoy more happiness in your life as it stands right now? What can you do? So. All of the stuff that I name, that we base our criteria on, you know, the car, the house, the money, the career, blah, blah, blah. But you know, even if we get all that shit, we still may find ourselves feeling empty, happy momentarily, but then it fades because happiness is a mental thing, an internal thing, not dependent upon things. So if you don't have any of the physical wants at the moment, can you be happy right now? If not, why not? What's stopping you? Now here's a mindfulness recipe. If you want to cultivate more happiness in your life, here are some mindfulness suggestions for your personal recipe. Number one. Become kinder to yourself. Self-torture and criticism ain't your friend. Have more patience, love, and care for and to yourself. You are in process and a work in progress. Evolution does not happen in a day. We are all evolving beings. Number two. Laugh more. About anything, the more stupid, the better. Remember when you were a kid and you laughed at the silliest things in the world? Try that. Number three, don't take yourself so doggone seriously. Lighten up. Number four, look for the best of things. Number five, expect the best for yourself. You deserve it, really you do. And if you don't think you do, then start there. Why don't you think you do? Come up with all the reasons and then tell yourself all of the reasons why you deserve the best, because you do. Number six, say no, damn it, when you mean it. A lot of us say yes, when we don't mean yes, we mean no. And we say yes and then we gripe about it. Say no when you mean it. If the person's upset, Well, that's their problem. If you say yes when you mean no, it becomes your problem. So start to kind of check off the problems on the list. (laughs) Number seven, you are not all things to everybody. Be all things to you. Number eight, don't expect another human being to be the custodian of your happiness. I'm going to say that again. Number eight. That could be number one for some of us. Don't expect another human being to be the custodian of your happiness. You are responsible for your happiness, not them. Number nine, do more of the things you love to do. Why? Because you love them. Number 10, be in nature more. Oh my gosh, be in nature more. 11, begin, revisit, and or deepen your meditation practice. Breathe more, baby. Breathe. Number 12, work on your perspective. If your thoughts don't bring you joy, examine them. Toss out what doesn't work, which brings me to. Number 13, let go of what does not serve you. Thoughts, attitudes, beliefs, people, stuff. Release yourself from them. And you probably heard that before. But again, it's a process. It takes time. Number 14, look at your thoughts. Do you spend more time complaining or enjoying during your day? Number 15, and this is a biggie if you are involved in something or there are things that you do not like, either change it, leave it, or accept it. And I'm quoting Eckhart Tolle here anything else is madness. And I remember when I first read that, I was like, excuse me? But then when I start to think about it, change it, leave it, or accept it, and I started to employ that in my life, oh boy, was that a game changer. Can you change it? Maybe not. Can you leave it? Maybe not. Can you accept it? That's usually the stumbling block. We get stuck on that accepting thing because we think accepting means you like it. Accepting means this is what this is. And I am not going to be upset. I accept that this is what this is or who this is. Number 16, upscale your perspective. Are you a glass half empty or a glass half full kind of person? And even if you are a glass half full person, see if you can add some more water to that glass. There's room. Number 17, learn something new and accept that you are learning. Don't heap criticism on your progress, unless it's encouraging. Number 18, perspective is everything. I say that so much, oh my gosh. Even though I basically said this already, I can't stress it enough, that was another game changer for me. Shifting my perspective. Oh, what a difference. 19, understand that happiness is your birthright and claim it. Because, you know, we're surrounded by unhappy people. So we kind of think it's not possible. Trust me when I tell you, it is. Number 20. Don't sweat the small stuff. It really ain't that deep. And sometimes you come to that with age. Sometimes you realize as you mature, As you, uh, as somebody said, which I love, as you level up, your age levels up, as opposed to aging, you have a new level, you reach a new level. There's stuff that used to bother you that you recognize is really not that deep and you can let it go. Don't wait for age, do that now. Number 21, get out of your comfort zone. That's the same as learning something new. Number 22, realize that being happy more throughout your day adds to you becoming a happy person. See, happy people don't have all their ducks in a row. Happy people have more happy moments within their day, within their week, within their month, within their year. Number 23, tap more into the child within. Add more silly to your life. Number 24, go with the flow more. If stuff doesn't go the way you plan, it's not the end of the world. Make a new plan. Number 25, make sure you have not fallen in love with being miserable. Don't make an identity out of it. I said this earlier, but that is also a game changer. A lot of us walk around miserable, and we don't really realize that we've made an identity out of it. Let that go. Change it. Number 26, limit your intake of bad news. Bad news brings you down real fast. Look at, read, and listen to more things that uplift. Number 27, and this is another biggie, start a gratitude journal. The more you get in the vibe of looking for things to be grateful for on the regular the more grateful you will become. That was another thing that I did to shift my state into being a happy person, was writing a gratitude journal. And sometimes I've written a few of them over my lifetime because that is a way of reconnecting and reminding me, girl, you got a lot going for you. Be grateful. Number 28. Pay more attention to happy people. What do they talk about? What makes them tick? And if you don't know any happy people, become the first one you know. Perspective truly, 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 I cannot stress that enough, brightens the landscape. When you are more aware of your perspective about things, you become more in control of where to direct your mind. When I began to pay more attention to the moments when I was happy, I was able to string more happy moments together because of where my head was at. I knew what to look for. And does that mean you'll be happy all the time? And the answer, of course, is no. (laughs) But you will become more astute and aware to when you are unhappy about something, as opposed to allowing it to make you unhappy about your life. I found that when I fell into depression, I allowed what I was unhappy about to engulf my entire being. Unhappy thoughts spin into more unhappy thoughts, growing like weeds. But the good news is, That happy thoughts work in that same way. So, where are you sitting? More in happiness or unhappiness? If you find yourself unhappy more of your time than not, what can you change that is within your power? Remember this equation. Is it something that I can change? Something that I can leave? or is it something that's better to accept? Think about that and talk to me. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you've tried any of these things and what the outcomes are. I welcome your thoughts and your comments. And hey, thank you for listening. You know, go to my website, check out my guided meditation videos to help you reduce stress and anxiety. They are also offered in audio form and with a choice of five to six minutes and a longer, deeper session for about 30 minutes. You can also order custom guided meditation audio tailor-made to fit your needs. And keep in mind my Stress Busters guided meditation sessions to book in person or virtual, private or groups And for more ideas, tips, and how-tos on getting your Zen Zone Mojo happening and to reduce your stress, anxiety, anger, depression, as well as increasing mindfulness and awareness, there are an array of stress and anxiety-relieving products and services, as well as events to check out on my site. And remember, share this podcast, let people know about it, And I thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. And remember to roll with peace in mind.